Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Blog Talk Radio. Good morning. This is the Lois J. Wetzel Show, and I'm your host and executive producer, Lois Wetzel, coming to you live this morning from 9 a.m. Houston, Texas, Central Time. I want to remind you to register for Blog Talk Radio. It's free, and if you do that, you can rate my show, mark it as a favorite, and let people know that you were here and listening to my show. You can get reminders of upcoming shows. It's all free. My call-in number is 347-945-5309. You can call using the telephone or Skype. You can listen on your phone or your computer. If you're calling in and you want to ask a question, just hit the number 1 and I'll know that you would like to ask a question. I also want to remind you that I offer a free email newsletter about metaphysics spirituality, the coming changes, all the kinds of things we talk about here on this show. I've been sending this newsletter out for about 12 years, and to sign up for that, you would go to my website, hotpinklotus.com. I do not share email addresses with anyone because your privacy is important. Good morning. This is Friday, May the 20th, 2011, and today I'm going to be talking with Audrey Gutierrez about medical aromatherapy, and we just always have great conversations, so we're going to open the line to her and just get started. She is the owner of Shining Sun Farms in Santa Fe, New Mexico, and co-owner of an essential oils company called Wisdom of the Earth, and these are exquisitely handcrafted, hand-poured um essential oils that are of a quality that are called medical aromatherapy quality. So let's open the line now. Hello, Audrey. Good morning. How are you? I'm good. How are you this morning? I'm <laughs> not used to being up this early, but it's uh, it's a cold, cloudy day here in Santa Fe. So I got on some warm clothes, and I'm um, ready for a great conversation. Well, now, I'm just going to tell everybody it's 8 a.m. there instead of 9 a.m. <laughs> here. And so thank you very much for getting up early. It's cloudy here in Houston, too. It's just not cold. Although it's been inclemently cool. So how does that affect the plants? Oh, you know, it's um, kind of a sad story. Um, we take our students to France every uh, a few years, and the last time we were there, uh, one of our farmers, uh, Elaine uh, and Sylviane, it's a beautiful couple there, they do our Highland Lavender. Um, well, Elaine is very, very, um, he's a perfectionist. So he's, you know, anything that he does, he's going to have planned in advance. So when he came to pick up the group to go to the mountain to see the wild Highland Lavender, um, he kind of had a, a troubled look on his face. And it was, it was kind of surprising because he's usually so upbeat and so cheerful. And he took us to a different part of the mountain than we had talked about. So uh, my business partner and I, Barry, are, were kind of looking at each other and going, oh, well, you know. So later we found out that when he had gone up in advance to just go about where he was planning to take everybody, because he's, you know, like I said, the type of person that doesn't want any surprises, the uh, lavender had been eaten to the ground by deer in that particular area of the mountain. And... He said it was the first time in all his years uh, that he had ever seen deer up that high. And normally, he said they don't really like lavender, so they typically don't eat lavender. 
But with the, the global warming and all the different issues um, with the weather, a lot of species are being driven to areas, either altitudes or they're going uh, more far-reaching and they're searching for food than they had in the past. So people are seeing animals that they normally wouldn't have seen either at their elevation or in their location. And these animals are eating plants that they normally wouldn't have given a second glance to in the past. And so on one level, for the wild-crafted um, essences, this was just one example of an area that um, he will not be able to use in the future because when it's hand-cut the way he does it with a handheld size, um, they cone it, they call it. And so they kind of are taking... Uh, they leave behind the rounded top of the plant, and all they take are the flowering stems uh, from the plant. So the lavender is still there, and it's probably about maybe six inches high. So they leave enough of it so that next year it will, it will um, you know, propagate and, and grow again. But he said when it's cut to the ground, often it never comes back. So because the deer had literally eaten it to the ground, um, they lost a lot of area that had been uh, pretty uh, prolific with with the wild plants um, that they probably would not regrow. And then on the other hand, we went to see another farmer who was very perplexed because one half of her field, and this was a cultivated field unlike the mountain lavender that we were looking at, um, this was a cultivated field. One side of her field was absolutely beautiful, lush, gorgeous. The other side was like wilted looking. And she had had out several um, botanical people, people from their um, version of the agricultural extension that we have in the United States, out, and nobody knew what either disease or situation was, was attacking these plants. So this was a, a new, a relatively new phenomenon for them. So, you know, there are just some odd things happening in the plant kingdom um, that people are attributing to shifts in the planetary energy and shifts in our weather that uh, they just haven't seen before. And it's just causing um, different, um, I guess, predators of plants, whether they be animal or whether they be viral or whether they be insect, um, to behave in ways they haven't seen before. So I would say it is having uh, a negative effect from what we can see on, on the plant kingdom and then therefore our job, which is to identify the purest essences we can find from farmers all over the country. And my business partner, Barry Cap is the one in our company, Wisdom of the Earth, who um, sources our essences. And so it makes his job uh, a lot more difficult, and it also uh, increases the price of the essences. Because mm-hmm. it sounds like the animals and the plants are adjusting to the fact that the magnetic grid of the earth, the location of the poles are shifting slightly, the grid's shifting, the weather's changing. Um, some, I have to say, though, that some of the um, people who are, are channeling uh, the spirit beings, such as the archangels and the um, ascended masters, say that we're simply getting a new earth. It's going to be more tropical, and because the caps are the ice caps are melting, it's going to be wetter. We're going to have more water available to us. Mm-hmm. So I'm thinking that it's it in the short term certainly looks negative, but I think in the long term we're going to have a more tropical um, a more tropical planet, so that we've got more area for growing food. But in the short term, it's everybody plants animals, people are having to adjust to uh, bob and weave, as it were. I'm noticing that it's cooler in Houston, which makes me real happy. But the, <laughs> the you know, as, as you were talking, it makes me think of, you know, everything happening on the macro scale happens on the micro and vice versa. So mm-hmm. if you look at when humans go through change, you know, you can look back to big changes you made in your life, and sometimes the process to get there wasn't all that pretty. But um, and that's where some of the oils come in to help support us in that type of change. But then we get to literally a better place. Uh, I was telling somebody the other day that um, one of my favorite phrases when I didn't want to do something was, that's just not me, <laughs> that's just not me. 
And I remember, and I can't even remember what it is now, but I tried, I think it was a behavior that I hadn't done before, either um, went into a situation I normally wouldn't have invited in or behaved differently in a situation. And I remember the feeling just flowed through me that this is more me than the old behavior. And so um, I remember I was so struck by that because I guess I had changed and what used to be me had really evolved, but I was still behaving in the old way. And so the new me, it felt so good to actually behave in this different way. And so, you know, sometimes the process um, when we evolve and when we change can be difficult, and sometimes it can be almost unconscious. But I think in this case, it's, it's starting to be, you know, it's being a strain on people and animals, and it is difficult. But um, like I said, we can look back and say, wow, you know, I'm in such a better place. But it was it was kind of a difficult struggle to get here. And so I, I totally hear what you're saying, that where we're headed, you know, is going to probably be better for everybody, but it's um, it's going to be a process to get there. And um, yeah, like true. I said, this is one of the things we look to the oils to support us through this process. Mm-hmm. Shedding the old skin is not comfy. Yeah. <laughs> Making a transition is not comfy. So um, what I'm seeing is things are growing here that wouldn't grow before because it's cooler. I mean, mm-hmm. I've never seen a May this cool before in Houston. Ever. We haven't either in New Mexico. I mean, my husband has lived here his whole life, and we're up in Nambe, which is just north of Santa Fe, and he has never seen – we just had snow um, two days ago. There's snow on all the mountaintops. Mm-hmm. And last year, I remember much earlier in the season, I took a beautiful picture um, in our backyard of our uh, apricot trees blooming and behind them was this incredible blue sky and snow-topped mountains. And I remember inscribing it, you know, welcome to spring in northern New Mexico. Well, I think that was in early April. You know, now we're, you know, past mid-May, and there's still snow on the mountains, which I haven't seen since I've been here. And like I said, my husband spent his whole life here um, and has not really seen it um, as cold this long Mm-hmm. And it's volatile in the wind and, and still getting snow and hail and things like that last week. So it's it's been a little interesting, <laughs> to put it mildly. Mm-hmm. Well, um, you know, every time there's a major earthquake, apparently the North Pole inches down about uh, one degree inch down into Russia. And mm-hmm. in the, at the, after the last one off Japan, um, it was down to 16 degrees. And back in the 30s, Edgar Cayce said that when the pole shifted, it would be 17 degrees further down into Russia. And if you look at a globe and you you tilt that axis, then all of us are slightly arcing up more northwest to to the way that I'm figuring it. But NASA, but I know we're getting further north. Um, NASA reports that, yes, the pole is shifting. So it's not the airy-fairy types alone who believe this. It's NASA, too. So I think we're just moving further north. We had a student in one of our classes. Uh, we teach medicinal aromatherapy um, and certify students in that. She was a pilot. And at this point, this was several years ago, she said it's not being talked about much, but you talk to any pilot, and they will tell you the poles are shifting. You know, mm-hmm. So before it became... I guess, acceptable to talk more openly about it to the general public. Certainly people in the sciences or in fields where their safety and their functioning depended on these um, measurements, certainly we're talking about it. Yeah, at the full moon last Tuesday, there was um, a young man there, and I said, would you find north, south, east, and west, because he's just come back from – he's was in the army for three tours over in Iraq Iraq and Afghanistan. So he knows how to use a compass. And I said, would you please mark north, south, east, and west? And he looked at me and said, well, do you want true north or do you want magnetic north? Ooh. <laughs> and I said, oh, and you know how far apart they are? And he said, yes, ma'am. <laughs> wow. <laughs> okay, let's do true north. <laughs> so apparently everybody who needs whose life depends on knowing where, you know, all that, they know. Yeah. There's a difference. So, yeah, the pilots are aware of it. So we we only have one more degree to go, though, and then it'll be all stabilized. 
and that'll be all that shifting will be done and i i don't know about you but when the magnetic grids are are loose and it's about time for another major earthquake i go through a period of a couple of months where i'm just distraught emotionally i'm just i just don't know what's wrong with me and then there's an earthquake and i'm fine and i found out no. that if you go inside a faraday cage you know where they remove all uh you don't have any effects inside a Faraday cage um, of uh, electromagnetics at all. And, mm-hmm. and they do that so they can test things without that effect. If you put a person in there, they just become, uh, they just break down into tears. They just become inconsolably. Oh, filled my heavens. Yeah. <laughs> because apparently, emotions, your emotions are connected to the magnetic grid of the Earth. Well, we you know, we've seen the emotional. I mean, people are calling us uh, for essences to help ground them, uh, to help them with these emotional. They consider them almost mood swings. You know, where they'll feel normal one minute and then just Wave. inexplicably um, deeply sad or or frustrated mm-hmm. or worried. Um, the other thing we're seeing is a lot of people with vertigo. So it's literally um, taking their own. Um, kind of spatial relationship to the earth, you know, and it's shifting and it's just putting them in a tailspin. And so we use essences, um, you know, peppermint is a great one for that. We have one called calamus that works for that. There are a number that are really excellent for vertigo. So we've been seeing that a lot and the whole where are these emotions coming from uh, kind of question. Like people just don't know what to do with them because they don't know the source of them and they're looking for the traditional sources. Like what am I upset about? Yeah, and going. You know, you you may personally not be able to find out why you're upset because you're truly not upset about anything going on in your life. It's more you're sensitive to the energies of the planet, and that's what's you know causing the emotional mm-hmm. uh, upheaval or distress or however you want to describe it. Um, and so you know, it's really interesting to try to get people to realize that sometimes um, our old way of understanding what we're feeling uh, may need to be broadened. Mm-hmm. And we may need to look at, you know, which I think is a very good thing, our sensitivity to our fellow humans, to to the planet, to the cosmos, that, you know, that has been something that people have kind of denied. And this is really bringing it to a head, so it's a wonderful thing to talk about, that we've always been affected by the more subtle energies. And now that they're not so subtle, <laughs> people are going, where is this coming from? And so we're using essences like the lavender that we talked about because um, we have a beautiful uh, fine lavender that's uh, done in the Drome Valley. And it's it's typically done, um, it's done as a typical essence is what I meant to say, in, in the sense that it's harvested with a combine and taken to, and, and distilled. The ones that Elaine and Sylvianne do uh, up on top of the mountain are hand-done, so they're hand-cut, and then taken back to their house and distilled there. And so the, uh, the energy and the vibration is, is just um, so uncommon for a lavender. Um, we're very, very blessed to have this essence. We've got it at three elevations, uh, 12 to 1,400 meters, 1,800 uh, 1600 and 1800, and he literally wears a, a watch that shows him the altitude um, as they are uh, gathering the lavender on the mountain. But because it's got such an incredible vibrational frequency, it's one that's a great one to use when people have these um, kind of emotional shifts or distress that uh, are really associated with the energy shifts on the planet. And so it's been a really wonderful one that we go to. So any of the lavenders would be good, but this uh, set of three different ones, um, any of those has actually been incredibly good. And another one that I wanted to mention to you that I'm not sure um, you or maybe your listeners would be familiar with is called Fragonia. It's actually one that that? I put on this morning before we started speaking. Uh-huh. Um, Spell it so people know exactly okay, what you're Okay, it's uh, F as in Frank, R-A-G-O-N-I-A. And ours is from Australia. And it's um, in the Myrta Asa E family. It's just an absolutely beautiful essence. And um, it's helping people um, become more aware. When, when people are already aware of what's going on, um, I think it helps bring more clarity, uh, more perspective as to what does this mean for me and what does what I'm feeling mean for the planet. So it helps us kind of do that micro-macro 
exploration. But when people are kind of unaware, like, what is going on, and it's becoming so um, pronounced that even people who aren't kind of into the spiritual you know, realm are really being tapped on the shoulder and, and saying, you know, there's something going on and I can feel it, I'm aware of it, and I need to know more about it. And Fregonia is a wonderful one to help with that kind of exploration and to bring some clarity to situations that we don't understand, whether that be an, an external situation that we're trying to get a bit better handle on or something that we're feeling and experiencing that we're trying to get a handle on. Um, I had a student uh, purchase it. I do a show in Durango every year, and um, he always comes to the Durango show and says, okay, what do you have new? And last year he went home with Fregonia and Ponderosa pine cone, which is another incredible one because it's just the cones that are distilled. And it's one of our students in Utah who's doing it, and it's exceptional. And it's one of the ones that uh, activate the pineal gland. Um, it's just an incredible essence. So he takes home those two and decides to go in uh, on a hike after putting Fregonia and Ponderosa pine cone on. And he said it was the most surreal experience. He actually wrote to me about it. I put it in my newsletter. He said it was the most surreal experience, and he described Fergonia as being in the bell tower when the bells are rung. Oh, my <laughs> I thought gosh. that's such a great image. And so he said, you know, it's in some points it's almost clamoring, and then, then it gets still and you just feel the vibration. And so it's really one to awaken us, just as the bells in the bell tower um, will do. And so it's really um, an incredible essence and one that uh, has a beautiful fragrance, but it's also just um, really amazing for um, awareness and spiritual expansion and and really becoming more attuned to the energy shifts on the planet. It's really um it's a relatively new one for us. I think we may have had it for about a year now, but um, one that we're just using a lot of, especially with what's going on on the planet. So when you say awareness, do you mean like uh, hearing trees talk, that sort of awareness? No. Um, oh, we have some great ones for that, too. <laughs> I'm thinking more of people who are kind of unaware of what's going on on the planet, has kind of ascribed anything they've heard to woo-woo, uh-huh. And now starting to become aware that this isn't all in somebody's head. This is real, and it's happening. And for some reason, they've chosen to be here at this time. And so it's more of an awareness of their place and purpose on the planet at this time and what's, what is going on and what does it mean for them. And as I mentioned, what does their being here mean for the planet? They're here for a purpose. So it's mm-hmm. kind of putting the pieces of the puzzle together about, okay, at some level I've chosen this. You know, what am I here to do? And you see people changing their careers, um, really making shifts in their lives to get more aligned with what they then divine their purpose to be. Now, I've been hearing a lot of people ask that question lately, so I may have to get some of that just to anoint people with when they come in for sessions. It, you know, and it will really spur a very deep um, and wide-ranging conversation. It's it's expansive. It's wow. expansive. So that's Fragonia, F-R-A-G-O-N-I-A, Fragonia. Yes. Okay. And as I mentioned, ours is from Australia. It's really uh-huh. just an exquisite essence. Okay. And they can go to your website, which is Wisdom of the Earth. Well, I really wow. prefer people to go to... Um, my personal one, which is shiningsunaromatherapy.com. Okay. Okay. And then um, I'm a partner in Wisdom of the Earth. I own it with Barry Cap, And they can certainly go to the Wisdom of the Earth site, too. It's I've just got a lot more information on my site. Um, okay. Wisdom of the Earth, Barry has kind of chosen to keep it um, more of kind of a stepping stone for communication with us. And so most people just go on the site, learn a little bit about who we are. And there are good uh, lists of all the classes offered by not only myself but other advanced students uh, that we have taught and who um, are now um, certified to teach our Level 1 class because uh, Barry's no longer teaching Level 1, but I'm still teaching Level 1. So those offerings are all on there, and they are not on my site. So that's an excellent source for the classes that we teach. Mm-hmm. But um, I've got a lot more information about our farmers, about our essences, but we don't have... Um, 
you can download a price list from my site, which will give you the whole list of essences that we carry. But we're a very small mom-and-pop operation, so we don't have an extensive site that has like a history and uses of every single essence. We have a reference guide to our entire line of essences that's $20. It's a beautiful spiral bound, um, I think it's up to 80-some pages now, wonderful book that is a, a guide to our entire line of essences. And so um, because we have many that you know are kind of unfamiliar and uncommon, things like um, rhododendron and um, lipidonia that I mentioned and these the pine cone ones that are being distilled by our, one of our students, we have quite a few essences that, that aren't readily available and so you're not going to find in most books. They are included in our reference guide because it's kind of a guide to our whole line. Um, and we do have that available, but uh, we've... You know, we've really used our websites as ways for people to get to know us and see what that feels like. And then if they want to pursue a conversation, they are very welcome to call or email and chat with us. Um, because we have over 200, I think we're up to almost 220 single essences right now. We have an extensive, extensive line. And we also have hydrosols and some beautiful um, nut oils like rosehip seed and uh, faraha. So we, you know, we have quite an extensive um product line because we're very into um, exploring the world of medicinal aromatherapy of really, like we have, I believe it's eight or ten um, eucalyptuses and while they certainly have the common properties of respiratory support and immune system support each one has its own personality so there are ones that I prefer to use with asthmatics and with uh, elders and children um, it's called mint eucalyptus and there are others that are best for things like uh, bronchitis, pneumonia, and that would be something like a blue mallee um, eucalyptus. And so each one is kind of like a member of a family. The family may have a family resemblance. You know, they um, have the same last name, et cetera. But each one is still their own individual person with their own strengths and weaknesses and interests. And that's kind of how the essences are. So you can't really typecast all eucalyptuses as all the same, because while they have, some, like I said, some common properties, they are really, really different when you get to know them and learn to use them for specific purposes. So that's just one little example of you would probably go in most stores or most lines and they might have one or, I mean, they would have one eucalyptus for sure, maybe two, maybe three, but we have, you know, we'll say for sake of argument, we have eight. And each one is something that we can advise for a different purpose. And so, um, we've really wanted to explore the richness of what the plant kingdom offers us in terms of medicine. And so we have, um, oh, let's see, probably five furs. We have fur balsam, fur grand. Um, we have a number of, we have tons of spruces and pines. And so we don't limit ourselves to just one. We really try to uh, represent the breadth that that particular family has to offer in the world of medicinal aromatherapy. So for people who have not um, heard of medicinal aromatherapy, how does that differ from regular aromatherapy as people normally do it here in the States? Well, you know, there's another term that we kind of use interchangeably, which is therapeutic grade uh, essential oils. We call ours medicinal grade. Uh, my business partner, Barry, um, at the very outset, was was guided to really focus on the medicinal uses of these essences because so many people have either disavowed it as though it doesn't exist or have been afraid to deal with it, afraid of being sued, afraid of being um, told they can't practice anymore because they're, they're trying to be doctors. <clears throat> there's a lot of fear out there, and there's a lot of um, attempt to control the medicinal-grade uh, natural substances. And so a lot of people just don't want to deal with it or honestly don't believe that they can operate on a medicinal level. And um, neither one of those is true. It, it does work extremely powerfully. You know, a good example is St. John's wort. And for so many years, you know, the medical community was saying, oh, well, it's good for mild depression, but for anything serious, you really need to go to the pharmaceuticals. And nothing could be further from the truth. It is profoundly effective 
with all levels of depression. I okay, mean, it you're is, talking about the essential oil. The essential of oil of St. John's Wort. Okay. Mm-hmm. I've never seen that. It's quite costly, but I have to tell you, it is one of the most powerful essences on the planet. It's incredible. And um, I remember my husband. My husband has kind of struggled with depression his whole life, and so you know, we keep a, a wonderful supply of St. John's Wort. And one morning he woke up and. Um, he just said to me, you know, I just feel a little blue today. I said, well, honey, put some of your St. John's Wort on. So he, we have it like right next to the bed. So he grabs it and, and starts dripping some on his chest and rubbing it in. Then he leans over and drips on me. And I said, Leonard, I'm, I'm not depressed, you know. And just as those words came out of my mouth, the minute those drops hit my skin, and this may be hard for people to believe unless you've experienced it yourself, um, it was like somebody lifted a shade or opened the blinds on a window, all of a sudden, everything got lighter. Everything got brighter. I had this, I'm getting chills just talking about it, I had this incredible experience of just opening and brightening and being lifted up. And I said, well, I didn't think I was depressed and I certainly didn't feel depressed, but did I experience an incredible shift with literally just a few drops dripped on my chest. And so this, you know, I had a woman uh, call me, oh, this is probably a couple months ago now, and I didn't know her. She was kind of a, quote, cold call. I guess she had seen me on either Facebook or done a a computer search and found that we had St. John's wort in the oil form. So she called me to see how much it costs. And when I gave her the price, she just said, that's ridiculous. I'm not paying that. I'm going to my, um, you know, natural food store. And I've really learned not to take this personally, you know, so I just said, well, you're certainly welcome to do that. I'm not sure that you'll find it because, Lois, as you said, it's not really out there very much. I said, I I would be surprised if you would find it. And if you do, it's certainly, uh, I have to tell you, in my experience, not going to offer the results that ours will. And there was dead silence on the other end. She said, what do you mean by that? So I just, I told her the story I just told you of my experience with my husband And she said, so we started having a conversation, and all of her kind of anger and um, defensiveness just started melting away. And Mm -hmm. I said, ma'am, what were you wanting to use this for? Was this for yourself? And she starts telling me that it's about her grandson who's on a suicide watch. He's so depressed, and none of the medicines are helping him. In fact, they've made him worse, which is quite well known now about a lot of these uh, pharmaceutical drugs literally make these kids suicidal or violent yeah. or both. And so she said, you know, I'm going to try it. I'm going to try it. So she ordered it and wrote back to tell me, she said, I I don't know. <laughs> I don't know what's going on, but he has shifted so dramatically. He's doing so well. And she was so excited. And she was excited that he was open to trying it because it allowed her to help him, which she really wanted to support him. And he and his girlfriend just loved it. And it really helped him tremendously. And so she, I was really glad she got back to me to tell me the incredible shift they had seen because he was going just through a really low time at that at that point in his life. And so, you know, it's not just for mild depression. It is for profound depression or anxiety um, or feelings of separation. And so, um, you know, it's been kind of this... Um, sense out in in the community that essential oils are for candles and for calming and they're a natural perfume and they're all of those things but they're also a medicine they are natural plant entry medicines and so that's why we have chosen to focus on unlike many many people on the medicinal side of things and we always tell our clients you know when you come to us you're taking responsibility for your use of the oils and your own health and once people are willing to accept that we will work with them, and we will tell them our truth as we know it, which is how to use these essences for their most powerful uh, effect. And um, it's usually unlike anything they've heard from most people because a lot of people don't know, and a lot of people are in fear of sharing this information, and we just um, are not in the fear paradigm. Well, you know, the thing about the fear paradigm is you get what you expect. (laughs) 
this is true. <laughs> That's the problem with that. And it's also you the problem exactly with complaining. Right. <laughs> that really resonates with me. <laughs> you get more if you complain about it. You I'm get more funny. of it. So I want to ask you, um, when someone wants to order one of the essential oils, they can call you and you'll you'll tell them what the best thing for their situation is? Yeah. I mean, we also do consultations. So sometimes people have very complex issues. They're trying to get off of medication, for example. Or they're, now in this young man's case, he was already off the medication because it had made him so bad they realized and they were starting to wean him off of it. But in some cases, people are full-blown into many, many medicines, many, many prescriptions that they're taking. So to come up with a game plan to address maybe a myriad of some individual and some interconnected issues you know that really requires um to do a fair job of it and to be fair to them and to the oils and to me uh, a consultation yeah. and right now my rates are $100 an hour and if it takes half an hour it takes half an hour but we will do a consultation but if somebody is just saying you know I'm going through menopause you know what essences do you have to support me you know that is not a consultation that is just explaining what we have in our line and what um might be some some of the offerings that they could consider for their needs and then we can go over pricing smell ease of use all the factors that we budget that we fold in to coming up with a final recommendation and there's absolutely no charge for that because that's really just informing people in my opinion the way i see it it's informing people about the different options that they have so that they can make a, a wise choice and so, yeah, all people need to do is either email me or call me, and I'm happy to have that conversation. If we start having a discussion and it really seems very complicated or that you really don't know what's going on, you're experiencing a bunch of perhaps what we could call symptoms or feelings, uh, but you really don't know what, it's at, what is at the bottom of it, then really, in fairness, a consultation is in order, and, and I would recommend that. But, um, you know, if somebody, if it's a relatively... Um, obvious thing, and there are some obvious, you know, avenues that we can explore. We'll certainly do that without the consultation. That that you know, in that case, it wouldn't be um, necessary. Yeah. So, can I ask you? I, it just keeps coming into my head. What is patchouli for? Patchouli <laughs> is an incredible heavy metal detoxifier. It is. Being really? powerful in the plant kingdom. So when people are getting mercury amalgams removed, patchouli, patchouli, patchouli. <laughs> I mean, I can't and so say then do, you, do you swallow the patchouli? Do you rub it no, on your No, you would put skin? it on topically. You would put it on topically. So you might put it down your spinal column or the soles of your feet. Um, you would absolutely use it. Um, it on a, in topically is the most powerful. Um I have this uh, this story, this situation I had that was really mind-boggling. But my husband and I, were we drive back and forth between New Mexico, where our home is, and I also have a home outside of Sedona because that's where Wisdom of the Earth is. So I spend about 10 to 12 days a month in uh, at Wisdom of the Earth in Arizona, and then I spend the balance of the time here at Shining Sun. But... Um, we were. Uh, my husband had come with me this time, and he had driven his truck, and I had my car. And we were in Gallup, New Mexico, uh, on our way back to New Mexico, and we stopped to get gas. And I had filled the tank, and I wanted to put everything on one credit card. So I said to him, hold off and then use this credit card um, because I want to capture all the expenses for the trip on one card. So he puts it in, and it's not taking it and not taking it. And I said, well, maybe you got the code wrong or something. So I go around to see what's going on at the pump, and it took, supposedly. Still no gas is coming out. And then I look, and I go to pull out the gas pump from my car, and it had activated my pump again. And gasoline was spewing out of that pump when I pulled it out of the car, drenched me in gasoline. I mean... My hair was wringing wet. It was in my eyes, in my mouth. My clothing was soaked. People were just in a circle around me, staring at me, their mouths gaping open. I mean, it was incredible. And the manager comes running out and shuts off the pump and keeps saying, are you okay, are you okay? And I'm thinking, oh, my God, this guy is going to call an ambulance or something, and that is the last thing I want. And so I said, no, I'm fine, I'm fine. I just need to get home. And I had said to my husband, he gave me like a shirt of his to go in, and I went in to change, and my eyes 
were burgundy. The rims were burgundy. The whites of my eyes were reddish, brownish, like burgundy color. I looked possessed. I mean, it was unreal. I went back out and I said to my husband, we have got to get out of here because he's going to call an ambulance. I can see it coming, and I am not going to an emergency room. So we um, start getting things ready, and I said, God, I'd give anything for helichrysum hydrosol right now because uh, helichrysum is a fabulous oil, and we've got the hydrosol, and it's one that you can spray directly into your eyes. And he said, well, believe it or not, I think I've got some in the truck because they had been doing a job. He does um, home remodeling work. They had been doing a job where they were taking out um, um, asbestos, um, whatever you call it, the insulation. And so they were all, their eyes were all, you know, irritated and everything, so they were spraying it. He had taken it to the job so they could spray their eyes. So he handed it to me, and I just sprayed myself all the way home. Another several hours, spray, spray, spray. Every few minutes, I was spraying myself. Well, when I got home, I looked in the mirror. My eyes were completely normal-looking. All the discoloration was gone. Um, And I felt a little weird, but I didn't feel terrible. Well, getting back to our patchouli discussion, I said, okay, I need to totally detoxify myself. So patchouli was like the number one go-to one. So I grabbed patchouli, another one called laurel leaf, which is hugely detoxifying. And then I did respiratory ones, very strong respiratory ones, like the blue mallee eucalyptus I mentioned earlier, one called inula graviolans. I used myrtle. I put on everything I could think of to support my respiratory system and to help my body release the toxicity of that gasoline. And so the next day, every time I would burp or go to the bathroom, you could smell gasoline. Oh, oh my God. The day after that, I was completely clear. And I was using probably 20 to 25 drops of each one of those on me every few hours. But my body completely released that, and I had zero ill effects and really got through it incredibly well. But patchouli, because of its ability to detoxify the body and to release you know, heavy metals or heavy heavy toxins that we uh, are exposed to environmentally. Um, it was it was a huge, you know, it was the pivotal one in, in that whole regimen that I did. Wow. Oh, well, unbelievable. <laughs> unbelievable. I'll ask that question, but I think somebody who's listening or will listen later in the archives who really needs to hear that about patchouli. You know, the the patchouli of of my era, so many times people will see it on our, we have all of our essences displayed here at at Shining Sun Aromatherapy on on a table, you know, and they'll go, oh, patchouli, oh, you know. Either my mother used that, I hate it, or, oh, my God, I had that in the 70s, you know. And I said, this is not the patchouli of the 70s. You know, that was the cheap stuff that people were making incense out of, and, and, you know, it was not the incredible patchouli that is the medicinal grade that we have people will open it and smell it and go, wow, I mean, I, it's got a hint of what I remember, but this is beautiful, you know. So that you don't have to be afraid of patchouli anymore <laughs> because that when it's done to a medicinal standard, it's actually quite a lovely essence. It's not the you know inexpensive knockoff that um, we hippies could afford in the old days. So um, it's really incredible. It's also a huge regenerator. So it helps the body regenerate itself. So after a surgery or after a long illness, um, or if you've had like um, very depleted, uh, exhausted adrenals and you're trying to replenish them, there are essences that support the adrenals. But just in general, patchouli is an amazing one to help the body uh, regenerate itself. So it's it's a powerful, uh, powerful essence. Wow. So what about... Um, weight loss. Are there any that support weight loss? I know there probably aren't any that'll just make you lose weight because you rub it on your skin. <laughs> well, you know, if there, there were, we know about There are some that, people right? out there saying things like that, so we usually avoid it like the plague because we don't want to be out there saying, "Oh, you know, use whatever and, and you'll lose weight," because it's really not that simple. But on the other hand, if there are reasons either that you overeat or eat certain things that aren't good for you or that your body isn't really performing in an efficient manner and that's one of the reasons you have gained weight. Uh, it could be thyroid imbalance. Then we would address or, the thyroid. Okay? Yeah, or, or some, what, what causes metabolic slowdowns besides thyroid imbalance? Are there others? 
you know, I I'm I'm not a doctor, so I don't know what causes it, but I know what essences can address it. <laughs> so okay. things like ginger are incredible to help move stagnant systems. Um and so it's one that we use a lot. Another huge one is a substance called black cumin. And it's almost more of a nut oil. It's a little uh, thicker than the typical essential oil, but it is an essence. They um, take the seeds. It's called nagila sativa. It is not cumin that people are so familiar with as a spice. It's, it's black cumin. And um, it is an incredible one. We take it as a general tonic every day. It's got a little kick to it. It's kind of like olive oil with a real kick to it. But it is incredible topically for any kind of weird skin things people get. But internally, uh, it's one of the few that we prefer to take internally. Um, it is an incredible one to boost the immune system and to help, if you've got a sluggish metabolism, to help balance that and get that on par. So ginger would be a great one, and uh, the black cumin would be fabulous for that. And so, if, you know, depending on what factors might be causing it, if you need an appetite suppressant, spearmint is a beautiful oil, and it's also a very powerful appetite suppressant. So we'll just put a little bit on our stomach or a couple drops in our water, and it really helps uh, address cravings. And back to the black cumin, it is nutritionally so robust. I think it's 21% protein, and it's got all kinds of uh, vitamins and minerals in it. It is so satisfying to the body that it actually also helps curb the appetite. I remember uh, back in the old days when Barry and I were in the office together you know, 24-7, um, we both loved to snack and loved to eat. So he was my eating buddy, and I was his. <laughs> and so we were always coming up to the office with a bag of chips, you know, these little um, vegetable chips that they make because we you know, ate really, really naturally. But we were always munching on something, and we laughed about it, you know. Well, when we first got the black cumin in, we both started taking it. And he was taking uh, quite a bit more than me every day. I was taking about 20 drops. He was taking about, well, 40 or 50. And all of a sudden, I was losing my eating buddy. I'd go, oh, oh, you know, how about if I go down and, and make something? Oh, go ahead, make it for yourself. I'm really not hungry. Oh, okay. Then I'd bring something up to the office. Oh, you go ahead. I'm not really hungry. Oh, okay. I'm going like, what's going on here? All of a sudden, I realized he was taking more than I was. So I upped my dosage to about 35 drops a day. And I saw such an effect on my food cravings. It was incredible. So it has a huge satiety value. And the body just feels satisfied and satiated, and it's not craving. So often our hunger is because our food is so lacking in nutrition that the body is literally craving certain types of nourishment and the black cumin is incredible at addressing that. So there are ways to use it as part of weight loss if you can be kind of mindful and thoughtful about what are the factors contributing to my weight gain. If it's emotional, if people eat because of loss or they don't think they're good enough or they were abused or if there's an emotional component to it, you know, the citruses are just amazing to help lift depression. We talked about the St. John's wort. You know, so there can be ones that you can... If you're willing to delve into what's really going on here, is it a nutritional thing? Is it how my body is processing food? Or is it an emotional thing? There are definitely essences that can support you and, and really make a dramatic difference in your weight loss. But we really hesitate to say, oh, put on ginger and you'll lose 20 pounds. You know, it, It's not true, and we don't say it. But there definitely are some that can support weight loss. So you use those topically? Yes. Now, the okay. ginger, um, peppermint and ginger and spearmint, they uh, they taste wonderful. So often we will complement what we're doing topically with a few drops in our water to um, also be taking it in that way. And so, and if there's a m- metabolic thing, I have a student who takes a lot of digestive ones orally at night before she goes to bed, things like fennel and ginger and basil, tarragon, all these ones that help support the body's ability to process and digest food, um, she will take those internally. And we don't really recommend, uh, she's one of our students, so she's done quite a bit of research, and she's uh, kind of scientific by nature, so she doesn't do anything without doing her research. But um, typically we ask that if you want to do things internally, you know, to talk to us so we can give you some guidance. 
And typically, doing it on your skin is the best way anyway. But for digestive things, some of them are really, really um, good to do internally. And one of the, I guess, um, aspects of medicinal or therapeutic grade is that they can be taken internally. Because you'll see most of the ones in the store do not take internally, you know. Um, Of course, the stuff people put in their bodies nowadays is just incredible what we ask our bodies to do. But... um, the, the medicinal ones can be taken internally, and our entire line is medicinal. Um, but it's just usually not the best way to do it. But with some digestive things, it is a very, very powerful way to do it. Hmm. So what 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 else have you got for that would be like for common ailments? Like if somebody has a tendency, oh, how about asthma? What would you recommend for asthma? Asthma is a very tricky one. I actually wrote a chapter on asthma um, for a friend who was doing a book about um, natural remedies for uh, asthmatics because she had grown up with asthma and um, really was so sick of the inhaler and and the medicines that she was on that she was really exhaustively searching uh, the different remedies out there. So I had written a chapter on aromatherapy because the the essences and especially the ones that we carry are so strong and so powerful that they can literally trigger an asthmatic attack if they aren't used wisely. So in this chapter, I explored very deeply what are some of the contributing. It's kind of like the weight loss thing, you know. And it, it's great because this is a model for everything. If you try to treat something without really looking at the underlying causes, you're just fooling yourself. You're just using a band aid. And so it, just as with the weight loss, you kind of go back to do I get asthmatic, uh, asthma attacks when I'm under stress, when I'm upset, when I'm angry? You know, what are the triggers? Is it an environmental thing when I get exposed to certain, you know, um, elements, whether it's perfumes or synthetics? You know, what triggers it? And when people, um, you know, if you ask them, they have a laundry list of things, the patterns they've discerned over the years, especially if it's someone who's lived with it for a long time. For people where it's a relative, if they're young, uh, you know, children or a relatively new phenomenon, they might not know that pattern of things or those elements that can trigger it. But what I talked about in the chapter was that, you know, getting to know the things that trigger you. Like one woman uh, is an artist, and she told me that she knows, she works with pottery, and uh, she puts a lot of colors in the pottery. And she knows that a lot of the stuff she works with uh, are kind of toxic to her, that she, you know, uh, it helps trigger some of her asthma. But she said, you know, I love this and I'm going to do it. So sometimes we'll choose to have something in our life that we know on some level isn't good for us, but it feeds something else that's important to us, you know. And so I really encouraged her to try to find uh, and explore um, resources that maybe she could do what she loves to do, but not with materials that really make her sick. And so we talk about um, what have you put in your life to support you in this or to maybe actually triggers it or uh, is unsupportive when it comes to the asthma. And then what kind of attack do they have? So I talk in the chapter about very gently introducing things like the mint eucalyptus that I mentioned earlier. It's one of the most gentle um, that's available commercially. And in our line, it's the most gentle that we have. So it's a great one for asthmatics because it's not so intense that they have to worry about it triggering anything. I also usually combine it um, and ask them to layer it with lavender because lavender is so soothing. And often when people go into an asthma attack, they are panicking. It helps them calm down. It calms the body physically and uh, emotionally. And so it's a wonderful companion to the eucalyptus, which is looking at opening the airwaves and that type of thing. Um, And so they absolutely can be used successfully and very powerfully with asthmatics, but it is a process. It's almost like when people are allergic and they don't know why, and they may go to an allergist who starts, you know, very systematically ruling in and ruling out things that might be contributing factors. And that's what you have to do with uh, people with asthma, so that you come up with the right approach with the essences, and then they can be wonderfully healing and supportive. We have a student who was in the emergency room several times a month with her asthma, 
wouldn't leave a room without her inhaler because she was so panicked about being without it. And through just using the essences, and Barry worked with her for years. This was this client we had back in Pennsylvania. She got off of all medications and managed it solely with the oils. And and forget it, for her, emergency rooms were a thing of the past. She hadn't gone to one for years. She's moved away, and we've kind of lost touch with her. But we, um, she just said, that's not a part of my life anymore. And for years, that was a almost a weekly occurrence. It was a many times a month occurrence for her. So they absolutely can be used successfully. We tend to use the calming ones, the respiratory ones, but it is one where guidance would be um, called for because you certainly don't want to aggravate anything. Yeah, yeah, it's a serious illness with apparently multiple causes. So let me ask you something. Um, I'm seeing on the chat, does air infusing have the same effect? What do you think about air infusing? I think it's wonderful, but it absolutely does not have the same effect. It does for some things, like for respiratory things, it's a wonderful way to um, get it in. And I would say air infusing without open flame. People are still burning essential oils, and if you're spending the money for medicinal grade, you are compromising it to a degree by exposing it to that open flame. So there are many wonderful diffusers out there. We carry one. There are many others which don't use a flame. It's not burning the essence. It's really just pumping it kind of into the air periodically or on kind of a systematic um, process so you don't waste the oils. But um, it's definitely supportive of things. It can help um, in rooms. It can change the energy in a room. It can help if someone's in a sick room uh, where there might be a lot of bacteria or viruses in the air. It'll kill those. So depending on what you put in uh, whenever you're air infusing it, it can be very powerful to shift and and clean an environment, but it's not going to be the same in a human. Like you're not going to treat cancer and you're not going to treat diabetes and you're not going to treat thyroid imbalance by infusing essences in the air. You want a pure medicinal grade essence that you're going to use topically and that's what's going to address situations like that. But for emotional things, for environmental, um, you know, cleansing, it's it's very powerful and it's wonderful. I see it as more of a complementary thing to do than the primary thing to do. Mm-hmm. So we've got another question on the chat, and that is, where all do you teach classes? Do you just teach them in Arizona and New Mexico, or do you teach them other places? We have students. Um, I won't say all over the United States at this point, but we have people teaching, wonderful teachers on the East Coast. Uh, We have a wonderful teacher in Colorado. Um, We just, we have two new teachers that just came on board in Arizona, and they're going to be teaching in Sedona. Um, I teach in the Santa Fe area. And if somebody can pull together, um, you know, 10 people, I, I will go and teach there. So if someone, you know, knows of a group or is willing to try to, create a group, uh, I'm happy to come and, and do it at their location. But otherwise, I teach four times a year um, in at my office and teaching space here in Nambay, just north of Santa Fe. And I'm trying to think where the other people are. We've got uh, people in New England. And I'm trying to think if we have any. So it's mostly New England, Colorado. We have a fabulous person in Philadelphia um, and kind of the southwest. So that's kind of where we are right now. I also have been teaching private classes uh, via Skype, which has been so much fun. I can't believe it. I've really just been pressured by my clients. Some of them are elderly and don't want to travel. Others just have either family commitments or work commitments that they just find it very hard to travel and um, you know, take a weekend class because our classes are just a, a Saturday and Sunday. Some of the other teachers do Friday night, Saturday, and Sunday, but I do mine on a two-day schedule. Um, and so I've had several people say, can you just teach me privately? And it's a little more costly, but I guess when you put together all the expense of getting somewhere, it probably comes out to about the same thing. And I change, change, charge my regular rate, and we um, do like an hour a week until we get through the whole curriculum or a couple hours a month or whatever works for people. And that has actually been so much fun. Um, I'm really glad I was kind of pushed into doing it. So there's certainly, you know, ways we can approach it if somebody's very interested in getting this content. 
Okay. Let me ask you this. Uh, someone has said, what to use for diabetes? Is that's one of those things that they need to make a phone call about and get a consultation, probably because it's tricky. It is tricky. And there are certainly We've ones... got 90 seconds left, by the way. Yeah. <laughs> there are certainly ones that help. Fennel being one, uh, blue gum, uh, uh, eucalyptus, which is eucalyptus globulus, being another. But, yeah, often that has other situations that it's really good to have a conversation about. But those are they're definitely ones that will help. My husband is totally off of his diabetes medicine since he met me and discovered the oils. And so uh, it definitely is manageable uh, with essences. Okay. Well, I want to thank you for being here today, and I hope we can do it again. I think this is incredibly important information that needs to be out there. And um, I appreciate very much your helping share the information and teaching people for free because this is really important stuff that more and more people are waking up to. And it's important for people like you who really know what they're talking about to put it out there so that they can get even more knowledge and know where to come when they've got a problem that's really stumping them. And that would be well, I really appreciate your support and your support of the process that's going on in the earth right now and and. You've been offering people tools through your newsletters and your show for years, and I just want to honor you for that. So I love being a guest on your show, and I really appreciate your support of what uh, we're doing at Wisdom of the Earth and Shining Sun. Thank you. Thank you, and I appreciate you as well. Okay. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. I want to remind you that there is free newsletter if you go to my website hotpinklotus.com and you can also now my book Asia Records Asia Studies on Amazon I've been full thing Asia Records Asia Studies which you'll find it thanks for listening come again next week Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to Chumbacasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.